Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Our guest today had to deal with some very serious health issues, from a spinal cord injury to pancreatitis, along with other issues he'll tell us about. Pete trench Montang is a licensed marijuana grower in the state of Maine, and he's been medicating with marijuana for the last six years, and he's here to tell us his story. Peter, good of you to join us. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for having uh, me on your radio station. I'm honored. Now, take us back to your spinal cord injury and tell us how it happened. Well, in 97, I was tossed uh, off a forklift and ended up shattering uh, my, my C-spine injury from C2 all the way to T2. And uh, there's not a lot of room for surgery after one spinal fusion. And uh, living with the scar tissue and the... The, uh, the reality of eventually I will be paralyzed from the throat down when scar tissue builds up. It's just what it is. How did the accident happen? You were, th- you were thrown off a forklift. Yes, there was a kid coming down on a double pallet jack backwards on a, on a one-way aisle, and I was working on a forklift and getting a stuck pallet out for another associate several levels up. And uh, while I was backing out, he clipped my forklift. Sending me flying like uh, you're tubing on uh, the back of a boat on a lake in the summer. And I went skipping like a rock down the aisle and uh, smashed the back of my neck on uh, a support beam and ruined my uh, my neck injuries, you know, my C-spine. Oh, boy. You said that the scar tissue will build up and you will eventually be paralyzed? Yes, there's something called spinal stenosis, and the scar tissue has to be scraped back every now and then. And um, there's no more fusions for me available. So um, I, my family's awesome. They take care of me. Um, I am not in a wheelchair. It's uh, my arms that are affected. This is where we're at right now. And there's a lot more worse people than me, so I'm grateful I can move around, and, I, and I'm grateful for life. Are you in much pain? Yes, everyday pain. Uh, some of the things that we tried to set with uh, the pain scale, um, I, I find offensive is one through ten. Um, and if you're in everyday pain, it's just one through three. One, you're you're disabled from your pain. Two, you need to have your spouse to help take care of you. And if you're at a three, you got to go to the hospital. And that's how we keep things simple around here. Yeah. Are you on painkillers at all? Or were you? No, I am on no opiates. I use all uh, heavy THC instead, and I am feeling great. I have my mind back. Uh, I did two years in a pain clinic, and uh, I regret it. Tell us about that. Well, every time I'd go, I'd get more Oxycontins. It would be a stronger dose. Uh, or tramadol, and now tramadol, they're saying, causes severe heart damage. Um, you name it, I've had it prescribed to me to make me feel better. And uh, it's just a bad loop. And my liver counts went up, so I have liver damage from all the different uh, pain management I was trying to do. And uh, I have the bad pancreatitis. 
So uh, narcotics were very much destroying my my insides. So I had no choice to either deal with the pain or try something else, and that's where we led into cannabis. How did you get started on that? Well, it was by mistake. I always, when I was younger, I always would rather have uh, smoked a, a joint to feel better than to go out and drink. And but later on, you know, you're older and, and you can't do this. You're trying to do the right thing and be a parent and little league coach. Um, you name it, I've done it. Involved with the community. So when I was really sick again, and, and a lot of my friends came over and just wanted me because medical marijuana was legal in Maine. Uh, for me to try it. They didn't want to see me die. And uh, all my organs were shutting down. So this is where we're at. Marijuana actually saved my life. Tell me about your experience. You, you referred to it earlier with your liver damage and the pancreatitis. What's behind that? Well, when I, I have a, always interesting things happen to me. When I lived in New York City after I graduated in high school, uh, in 1986, I moved to New York. Uh, There's nothing going on in Maine for me. I was single, so it seemed like the right move, and it was. Um, I got a job fixing jet bridges at all the uh, airports in the country. It was just a dream come true, making big bucks, flying around. And uh, one morning, I got an emergency call from Erlanger, Kentucky, which is Cincinnati uh, International Airport. One of the planes, there was a jet bridge stuck on a plane, and that's $100,000 every couple of hours. That plane's not moving. And this was back in 1986. Um, Emergency flight out there to go get it unstuck. So I woke up. I, I slammed a glass of water down from my New York Queens apartment, and I got on the airplane, got in a hop on the front seat with the pilots, and off we're going. And I remember the uh, stewardess asked me if I'd like a beer. And I'm like, no, thank you. I have to meet someone, uh, your station manager. And, and she poured me a glass of water. However, that airplane was fueled up in Egypt. So New York City water and Egyptian water uh, gave me a biological war in my system. So I've had liver and pancreatic damage. I lost my gallbladder. I was in a coma. Um, it, it was crazy. So my New York experience lasted two years. I came home because I had to have surgery. And uh, so now pain medicines I really cannot use because of the damage to my digestive tract. To the best of your knowledge, was anyone else affected by the water as well? To my knowledge, it was just New York water, and I had a uh, glass of water on the airplane that caused this. So it's like a biological chemical warfare. So it ruined my liver, and I have chronic pancreatitis because of all the surgery. And uh, I was like six months at Maine Medical Center in 1987. It was, uh, it was a quick winter. Boy, you've had some tough luck, haven't you? Um, yes, and I was 21 years old when that happened, so there's no drinking. <laughs> but you know what? There's a lot worse people, and cannabis has saved my life. It's made a difference in me. I would not be alive today because I am keeping my pancreas and my liver. My counts are wonderful, and uh, I should have lost both both organs. Um, and right now in the state of Maine, we are uh, in legislation working with putting uh, organ transplants back on the list for cannabis patients because in Maine we were denied um, all cannabis patients for organ transplants and that's horrifying and offensive so we uh, introduced a bill this legislation and it should be heard next week so you essentially uh, uh, 
just guessing now, based on your health issues that you've had, and yes. your liver and your pancreatitis and your gallbladder, without cannabis, is it safe to say you may not be alive today? That's 100% accurate. It's uh, chilling to hear it, but um, yes, that is 100% ac- accurate. And to be honest, this is why my family, my wife quit her job at a major insurance company to become a caregiver with me. Um, she does all the physical work. My hands are, are, are affected. Um, but I do know how to grow, so she kind of took off. My son came on board uh, with his wife for a dream come true, and uh they're all trying to keep me out of the hospital. So, Peter, when you talk about using cannabis, in what form are you using it? It's evolved in the process. At first, uh, I was smoking as much as I could grow to feel better, and that that started out with blunts and, of course, all the heavy uh, tobacco and, and cannabis, all the stains on your teeth, and worked with the dentist, and, and then I went to, to uh, just straight hemp paper joints. And now we're using um, a really nice distillate. And um, now you don't smell like a skunk. You have your privacy. You can do vapor hits. Um, and we also have a good extractionist now that we offer oils. We offer concentrates and extractions to our patients as well as with me. I use daily heavy THC, and it seems to work in my pancreas. So how much would you be, say you're doing a day to, to control I, that pain and keep your liver and pancreas happening? Well, um, I was using 12, um, one and a half gram marijuana cigarettes a day until I started using cannabis in the extraction forms. And I'm using a half a gram of heavy THC around 80% extraction a day with uh, three um, joints a day of one and a half grams. And so the extractions, everybody at first thought was so bad to use. And as long as it's carbon extracted, or live rosin extracted, then this long term, I'm actually using less. And um, and if one of the things I could get across to anybody that's out there that will listen to this, if you are a long-term patient using, please try this method. First thing in the morning, um, do your heavy dab, just one, one dose, and then go about your day, however you medicate. And that seems to do a lot. Pete, do you get high from the amount that you take? Um, at first I did, and every now and then I get little rushes of it, but not like you would think if you was to sit down with me and we were going to do dab hits, you would be blasted and um, and I would be able to handle it. It's kind of like somebody that goes to a bar and can really handle moonshine or whiskey. I don't drink. I'd have one beer and I'd be over your shoulder uh, throwing up and laughing or, or just making a mess on one beer. So it's kind of you build your tolerance up. Um, just like alcohol. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because the first time I tried cannabis oil, I took too much, and man, I uh, oh jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because he didn't listen to me. I just want to be really clear about that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Somebody got all hot and sweaty, did they? <laughs> well, Corey Corey said take uh, half a grain of rice, and so I did. And an hour later, I thought I don't feel this. I'm going to take another half, and I actually took a grain of rice, and uh, that was way size. W- size. Yeah, it was way too much for me. Way too much. But like you, and I've heard this from other people, you build up a tolerance to it, and you can take more, and uh, it is as effective as it was when you when you initially took it. And sometimes I think it's probably even more effective, isn't it? Well, see, 
in your brain cells, there's little synapse and gaps. And I've been working with some scientists, and I am not one, so this is very lame in terms. And there's CB1 and 2 receptors in our brain. And the THC bridges gaps between the cells that allow your that allows the inebriation. And when you regularly medicate, those gaps are closed. So you'll see a lot of uh, doctors recommending when you first start cannabis not to uh, medicate for three days to give yourself a reset. And um, this goes hand hand and foot with this. This is this is this is this the statement that everybody says to get those gaps re realigned. But the everyday users do not need to do that. You don't need the cerebral effect. Yeah, uh, interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does very much so. Do other members of your family use cannabis at all? No. Um, I know uh, my son at nighttime does, but he has a legal doctor's note for, for whatever issues he has. Um, but no, I'm, they all, everybody in my family, they're all adults. Uh, even my daughter-in-law, they all quit their jobs to start caregiving and to make a difference because of what happened to me. Pete, tell us about uh, a caregiver. What, exactly what is meant by a caregiver in the United States? Okay, um, caregiver is several definitions in the United States. In the state of Maine, it's a, it's a wonderful process. Um, you are now allowed as a licensed caregiver, you know, you have a clean background, uh, to grow five for five patients, six plants apiece. So you can regularly service very sick people. And this doesn't cut into dispensaries because they grow in massive quantities, but they're not um, strain uh, specific. Mm-hmm. And so now, like if you have Crohn's, there might be a plant that'll help you, but your dispensary doesn't grow it because it's not a high yielder. Um, now we come in as caregivers and they'll contact us and say, I know you're a Crohn's patient and you grow this certain strand. And what this does is now offer a feeder system to the dispensaries instead of um, competition. And we offer a service medically to the people that immediately need these types of medicine or a heavy THC plant um, for somebody in massive pain. So we can provide this service and there's no gap. So caregivers in the state of Maine are allowed to grow for for five patients apiece, six plants. Um, And then caregivers in New York State are non-grow. They cannot grow. So it's a totally different definition. And uh, we have to work with all the states in America to align this up. And uh, that's one of our battles. So if I came to you and said, uh, Pete, I have asthma and I need a strain to help my asthma, you would know what strain to grow for that? Yes. I could go into my searches and find out that, for one, if you have asthma, I do not want you to have any smoke. I would want you to try metables first to try to relax your body, and we would go with a CBD mixture. And if you're in pain, then we would combine um, THC to your tolerance level. Um, Because if you have asthma, you don't need to be lethargic. And we could do an oil in capsules um, so we could control your doses. So if you need a quick dose, we could have it uh, a real thin uh, cell gel capsule that would dissolve in your stomach. And if uh, you actually needed it uh, long term, we, we would have a thicker capsule that would dissolve in your dotium or your large intestines. And um, it's it's really a science how we can um, come after you. Say you had a, a prostate cancer, we would have those thick capsules that would go into your intestines and dissolve there instead of your stomach. 
um, the absorption rate is 75% more in the intestine than it is in the stomach. So you can only deal with patients uh, within the state of Maine, is that correct? Yes. Um, so basically people just call all the time from around the world and we talk and we give them our knowledge and try to help out that way. But we are limited to our, uh, my wife and I have 10 patients combined and my son and my daughter-in-law also have 10, but that's where we're limited to under state laws. Do you have many um, health turnarounds, people who make re- remarkable improvements in their health with the, with the clients that you've had, the patients you have? Yes, sir. Um, it, it's almost to the point where you would call me a liar. Um, Give us some examples. Go ahead. Lie away. <laughs> yeah, lie well, away. I've seen for a fact, I don't. I guess I can't use names, but I've seen for a fact stage four, uh, stage four breast cancer survivor that came to me. I grew up with her and a wonderful person, love her to death. And she was coming to me to just feel better for the end of her life. And... We just took care of her. It was uh, pal- it's palatable care. She had stage four breast cancer, and it spread to her rib cage, her lungs, and her spinal cord. And so, what we did um, is is avoid the uh, smoking, and we made heavy, heavy tranquilizer, lethargic butter, as strong as that the butter could take the oil. Um, it's a process, but uh, we we nailed it with uh, to help this patient, and for. For two years, we experimented, and then for one aggressive year, um, we beat this. And she had enough to have her surgery, to have her, um, I don't know what it's called, but she had a removal. And uh, a mastectomy. mastectomy. And um, now her counts, there's just one small spot on her spinal cord. And my lovely lady friend moved to Florida, and she's helping normal right now. I'm, I'm just a success story. I also had a pancreatic cancer patient, stage four. And we aggress- aggressively did butter with him as well as smoking because we, because he had a digestive disorder, and that stops throwing up. The, the smoke somehow does this. Um, you'll find with Crohn's patients, a lot of them use just tobacco, and it helps them from nausea. So we had him smoke as well as butter, and he went from a stage four to a stage zero, and they could operate on his pancreas. And the wonderful thing about a pancreas is it's a it's like a blob, it's a pile of mush, and it's almost inoperable because of the massive veins and arteries that run through this. And the tumor was so hard from us treating it with the butter and the cannabis smoke that they could actually cut that tumor off the pancreas. And this man lived um, for another year and a half cancer-free. Um, and he came to me three months out of, of end of life, and, and he fought for how many years? Four years. Three or four hard years that he fought and lived and got got extra life out of this. So I know what we're doing is good. I know it helps with cancer, I know it helps with pain patients, and I know it saves lives because you're talking to one of them. Corey and I know the the lady you were referring to with the breast cancer because we interviewed her yesterday, Christine Cloutier. Yes, yes. So you said it, I can say it. I love her to death, and she knows it. <laughs> yeah, actually, she uh, she referenced your name. That's how uh, we contacted you, because uh, she sang your praises about uh, some of the, the the work that you do, you and your family. And, yeah, she had a remarkable story. She had... Uh, 
I mean, she has also, what did she have, Corey? She had a, a double mastectomy, but she had a spinal cord injury. Now she's got uh, a neck bulging disc. Yeah, I can't, can't disc remember degenerative all. disease. A lot yep. going on. Yeah. She has so much going on, that poor girl, and she's just this tiny thing, and she keeps taking it and taking it like a champ. Um, everybody that meets her loves her. Um, she has great respect for everybody we know, and... Uh, it's a success story that she just could move from Maine to feel better in Florida and take off like she's taken off. I'm I'm so proud of her personally. Never mind that we helped her with cannabis. I'm thrilled for her as a friend. Yeah, it's remarkable the 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 health benefits that cannabis uh, gives to people. And Corey, you know this because you've been helping people for over five years now. And the the health benefits that this plant will give a human body are remarkable. But what is so frustrating, both in Canada, the United States, and around the world, is that the politicians and even the medical community refuse to recognize it, although they're starting to recognize it. Yeah, they're that, starting to. That's the frustration we face here. That's the frustration you face there in the United States as well, isn't it, Pete? It is an incredible frustration. Um, we're making gains. Uh, Germany uh, just turned to medical cannabis, um, and we have our beautiful Canada, and we have America that is slowly state-by-state state turning, um, legalization and medical. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a responsibility, too, because you, you're talking changing from narcotics to cannabis, for for hospitals so this process is going to take a while so it'll be a smooth transition and there should be no reason why this can't be done p if someone came to you and said uh, you know what i want to try cannabis and i haven't tried it in say 30 40 years and when i was a teenager i smoked it but i want to try it just to improve my health as essentially a prophylactic yep. how would you suggest people go about that well, this is awesome. I get this call every day now since legalization, um, and I explain the difference. I don't want you to have a medical um, if you just smoked a joint 30 years ago because the medicals are very hard to control. And I also would recommend like, to smoke a THC joint that is tested from a, a legal place and, you know, right around 15% THC or, or 12 to 15% THC, and you won't be tripping out. And that will help you to enjoy a very good marijuana cigarette without it being overwhelming or paranoia setting in. Or you just some people just don't like uh, a marijuana cigarette with 30% THC. I, however, love those. And I will happy to smoke one with you sometime legally when we can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's arrange that. <laughs> well, I'm going to be I'm going to be in uh, my company Green Gold that my son and I and my and our wife started. Yeah, um, is is a apparel and a smoking accessory company, and it is a blast. We go all over the country now. Um, we, we're just in our second year, and we just blew up. And we're going to be in August on the 23rd and 24th in Portland, Oregon, at the Cannabis uh, Science Conference. So if that is close to you people, um, you would I would leave tickets for you as my guest. Yeah, it's just uh, down the road. It's about, uh, what, three hours, Corey? <laughs> three Let's do hours. this. Let's I, don't know. I think it's a little Let's longer start. than three hours. Is Portland longer than three hours? Yeah, we, we need to go through all of Washington. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, and then the other one, Wiz uh, in Toronto is farther than than where you are now too, as well, because we'll be in Toronto at the Old Cannabis April twenty third and twenty uh, second through the twenty third for Denia Dixon. Um, we've we've uh, struck up a very good relationship with her, and um, you'll you'll be seeing Green Gold's booth right there. Well, uh, Toronto's a little far away, but what? 3,000 miles yeah, that'll take so. us a couple of days to get there <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if so. we drive. No, that's well, good. drive it's, there, you just drive to Maine and come to my house. Then. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like your company is starting to take off. It was all by mistake. We thought we were going to have an expanded patient list in Maine, but the legislations uh, decided otherwise. So the money we set aside for an expansion, we started ordering hoodies and sweatshirts, uh, warm stuff for our patients. And the next day when everything came in, we got an order for 50 hoodies from all our friends that we had no idea. And so hence Green Gold started. And then we were requested to go to a festival. So we bought a little easy up and went and... uh, it just turned into something that is just a blast. You meet people from all over the world. I've met the top scientists in cannabis, um, yeah, the chemists. Uh, all every major corporation is reaching out because this is staying. Cannabis is staying as medical, and so this is the most wonderful thing I could ever be involved with. Yeah, it's great, Pete. Uh, it's good to talk to you. We very much appreciate it. Anything you'd like to say to listeners? We have listeners all around the world. Um, for one, I'm very humbled that you uh, reached out to me, and do not give up hope. Excellent. Never give up hope. Never give up hope. It's too difficult to uh, get through the day, and cannabis does help, and it does save lives. And that's basically all I can really get my point across on. No, that's excellent. Pete, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank Pete. You. It's an honor. Just a couple of things I want to talk about before we conclude this podcast. When we started doing this, Corey and I, our mission was to make a difference in the lives of others by inspiring and empowering them to improve their health through the use of medical cannabis. Now, do you think our podcast is of value? If you do, then consider making a pledge to help sustain us. It can either be a one-time donation or a monthly donation, which, by the way, can be as little as $3 a month. If you value what we do, go to the donate page on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and make a pledge to help sustain us. We want to help as many people around the world have a better understanding of medical cannabis to help them or someone they care about. And if you'd like to advertise with us or sponsor our podcast, send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com, and we'll connect with you. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. 
I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.